there were a set of Zen disciples who were standing outside the hut. And the master was with his eyes closed in deep meditation inside the hut. One of the disciples from outside the hut called out, Master, please come out. The sun is about to rise. And the sky formation is absolutely amazing. Please come out. The master was still in deep meditation. The disciple called out again. Master the fresh deposits of dews on the leaves. The chirping of birds. The freshness of a morning. It's too beautiful, Master. Please come out. The Master was still in deep meditation inside the hut. With slightly a louder tone, the disciple called out, Master, we have always listened to you. Once you listen to us, we don't want you to miss this morning. The morning has never been more beautiful. You don't know what you're missing. Please come out, Master. For the first time, the Master allowed himself to come out of his silence. And the master replied, outside the hut with your eyes open, you are experiencing the bounties of creation. Inside the hut with my eyes closed, I am experiencing the creator himself. You all don't know what you are missing. Come inside, he said. Let's together travel through a day where we have our moments like the disciple experiencing the magnificence of what this existence is referred to as Saundarya Lahari, Ananda Lahari, Saundarya Lahari. It's all beautiful. Because what is his manifestation? What else can it be than beauty? It's all beautiful. Ananda Lahari. Just the ability to keep yourself away from your experiences and you can see the bliss of life in the freshness of air, in the spread of greenery, in the dance of the leaves, in the blooming of those flowers. When a very peaceful human being walks past you, what else can it be 
if I can experience the sun rays, somewhere I know through the sun rays I am experiencing the sun. In experiencing the effect, I am experiencing the cause behind the effect. Somewhere when I am experiencing a painting, I am experiencing the painter behind the painting. Somewhere in experiencing a gold necklace, I am experiencing the gold that has become the gold necklace. Somewhere when I admire a pot, I am experiencing the mud that has become the pot. In experiencing the effect, I am experiencing the cause behind the effect. The brilliance of an idea is nothing but the intelligence behind the idea. In experiencing the creation, I am experiencing the creator. It's just that I need to develop this eyes to see beyond the form, to experience that formless presence in each of these embedded form. There are people, wherever they go, they can find something good. Put them in any situation, they'll find something good. There are people, no matter where you put them, they can find something is wrong. There are people in any situation will discover an opportunity. And there are people, no matter where you send them, they will explain to you why things won't work out. It's the spectacles with which I look at life. What this Buddham Saranam Gachami, this Sangam Saranam Gachami, this Dhammam Saranam Gachami basically does to all of you is it doesn't change life, it changes the way you look at life. It doesn't give you new horizons, but it gives you new spectacles with which you look at the existing horizons. The same thing that looked different now looks Saundarya Lahiri, Ananda Lahiri. Similarly, you reach a stage in life when you always have this ability to see beyond what you are able to see, hear something much more than what you can hear, feel a lot more than what your skin can feel experience the depth of life much more than the superficial layers. And once you reach that stage where you have this consciousness to experience life beyond the material form, for the first time you realize, in every creation the creator is embedded. And in experiencing every creation, I'm actually experiencing the creator. In experiencing the effect, I'm experiencing the cause. So let's go through this journey where we have our moments today to experience the magnificence of this Saundarya Lahari, this Ananda Lahari. Perceiving beauty in everything, perceiving bliss in every moment of life. And let's not miss those moments. Let's never miss those moments. 
of non-doing, of withdrawing ourselves from all the senses and getting in touch with that sourceless source. As we step into this day together, let's remind ourselves that which except Him nobody else can give is called a providential gift. That clock out there, either somebody else can buy it for this or you can buy it yourself. Every gift that you receive for your birthday, for your wedding, even if somebody else does not gift it to you, you can gift it to yourself. Because these are gifts that are buyable, purchasable. Money can transact it. These are called the material gifts. A providential gift is one where nobody else can give it to you. You can't buy it for yourself. It's not something that is transactable in the material world. Either he gives it to you or you don't have it at all. Mata is a providential gift. He chooses the womb through which you shall be born. Pitta, providential gift. He chooses what should be the source of your life. Guru, providential gift. Not everybody can have one. Not everybody gets one. The Upanishad says, you need a guru in life. There are two interpretations to Mata, Pita, Guru, Deva. One is the popular interpretation to Mata, Pita, Guru, Devam. Another interpretation to it is, your first relationship, your primary relationship in life is your Mata. Your Mata shows you who your Pita is. Mata, Pita. Your Pita can take you up to a point. From there the Guru takes over. And Guru alone can show you who God is. The bridge between where you are and where you ought to be is that Guru. In fact, the only thing your lips can ever utter is to say, Thank you God for showing me my Guru. Thank you Guru for showing me my God. Without that, this does not happen. Without this, that would never happen. Providential gift. Every glimpse of a spiritual experience, every glimpse of silence, every glimpse of a selfless moment that you can ever live, providential gifts. Without that grace, nothing happens. And one such providential gift, there are innumerable, your talent, those of you who have the gift of voice to sing and melt the rest of us in bhakti. Those of you who have this grasp, you can hear it once and remember it forever. Those of you who have the ability to create music, those of you who can paint,
those of you who can understand what is being taught and without distortion reproduce it to the world the gift of communication the gift of words providential gifts and one such providential gift is today in your life today in your life accept that force there is no other force that can give to you another today in your life not everybody who goes to sleep wakes up to another sunrise nobody knows which can be the last day of human life you and me cannot help but realize the very fact today is a providential gift and that divine force out of love for you is gifting you another day of life and another day of life and another day of life some of we got to believe god still believes in you god still believes you are worth another day of life when so many people in accordance to their providential design were never gifted another day of life that the very fact all of us went to sleep last night and all of us woke up to another morning monica sells a tennis player was once stamped in a tennis match after that the security arrangements were absolutely increased so right now whenever there is a break between games security people always stand overlooking the crowd to protect the players she was shown a video clipping of it and asked what do you think about these arrangements she said it's wonderful now players are secure and safe but i cannot resist but ask this question monica sellers said why was i victimized for this change why can't they correct it before i was victimized because another day of life has always been granted to us sometimes we take it for granted we don't understand the magnificence of it i don't have to lose a leg to understand the value of the leg i don't have to lose what i possess for me to understand the value of it go and ask billions of people in the world whose name will appear in the obituary today and what will they not do for another day of life and yet this one day of life but for that existential force nobody else can give it to you i remember once going to a home of abandoned children i don't like to use the word orphans that word is banned from my vocabulary because the literal meaning of an orphan is those who don't have anybody then what are you and me here for if there are people in the world if there are people in the world who can be branded as those who have nobody then i think it's a huge insult for all of us to be living at a time when they are living what does it take you and me to wipe somebody's tears what does it take you and me to share a portion of our time and be there for people what does it take you and me to create a little more financial surplus and share it with the world what does it take you and me to share something that we have learned with somebody and bring a smile in somebody's face what does it take for you and me to share a little bit of what we have with somebody else 
and tell them, hey, lonely person, lonely person, take my hand. You will no more be lonely in life. What does it take? I can at best refer to them as people who have been for the time being abandoned. Soon they will find their world. So I don't like to use the word orphans in my language. But once when I was with a set of abandoned children, and one of those little ones came and said, Rajan, please go and tell your world who keep complaining their father shouts at them. Go and tell them they at least have a father to shout at. I don't even have that father. And Rajan, please remind them a time will come in their life when that father will no more be there to shout at them. And that day they will realize it's better to have a father who shouts at you than not to have a father at all. Do I have to lose anything to understand the value of it? Can't I cherish it? Can't I celebrate it when it's still there? And one such providential gift, which I hope against hope that none of us ever take it for granted, the first expression of mine, no matter at what time I wake up, normally it's four, but no matter what time I wake up, no matter where I wake up, on the first input that wakes me up, the spontaneous expression, there's not even a gap between when my senses jump and when this expression happens, thank you God for gifting me another day of life and I'll make this day count. It is your benevolence that you have given me another 24 hours life. It's my responsibility that I will do something about this day and make this day count. Never let another day of your life flip by without doing something that makes you look back at the day and feel, I made the day count. Doesn't matter whether it is in the satsang, doesn't matter where, you're living your materialistic life. Doesn't matter you're part of a function. Doesn't matter you're trekking the Himalayas. Doesn't matter what you do. We shall never go to sleep without looking back at the day and saying, I made the day count. And that's human responsibility. With a heart full of gratitude in receiving this providential gift called today. Let's step forward into a day. I'm always grateful to a seeker, always grateful to all of you. Because I keep wondering, what will I do with everything that is unfolding through me if you don't seek? Imagine me waking up this morning and there is an empty hall. What do I do? Khalil Gibran says, till Khalil Gibran, everybody said, we should be grateful to the rains. And for the first time, Khalil Gibran said, let the rain be grateful to the earth, for it is willing to receive the rain. Where will it fall if there was no earth to receive it? And Khalil Gibran says, hey, givers of life, never get this arrogance you are giving. Life is giving unto life through you. Be grateful. Be grateful that you were chosen to be a giver in the Rig Veda. The saints say, tomorrow morning when you offer that arti, never ever get this arrogance, you are offering this arti. Because, but for that providential sanction, this thumb shall not move. 
the morning puja that you do or you get to do, the Rigveda says always remember, prayer is what he does unto himself through you. Be grateful you are a chosen instrument. Anybody could have done the arti today and he chose you to do this arti today. Anybody could have done what was done today and it's sheer providential grace that you got to see yourself as an instrument. Khalil Gibran says, life gives unto life through you. Be grateful that you are the instrument. As I sit here, this instrument to that wisdom of life is filled with gratitude to every seeker who somehow says, give me a message on life. I will go and implement it out there in life. I will not leave knowledge as knowledge. I will translate that into a living wisdom and make this message count. So I begin the day with a heart full of gratitude to each one of you. There are a few sciences of life that I wish to discuss as I experience each one of you. And let's unfold the first science this morning. Human mind has been designed as conscious mind and subconscious mind. Nothing intangible can ever be explained through the language of measurement. Yet to understand a sense of proportion, one-eighth of a human mind is the conscious mind. Seven-eighths of human mind is the subconscious mind. So metaphorically, if you have to be explained, you are an organization of eight very powerful people. All our education, all that, that we have studied, all the papers that we hold, all the knowledge that we have acquired, all the discourses that we keep listening to, all the scriptures that you read, they all keep developing your conscious mind. Your subconscious development does not happen through the senses. There is a different way by which the subconscious is developed. Let's discuss that in greater detail. But the point here is, to a very large extent, most of whatever has been achieved, whatever has been accomplished, wherever you have reached, it's a result and effect of how well one-eighth of your mind has been working. The power of the man is in the power of his mind. The power of the mind is in the power of the subconscious mind. Because seven-eighths of the mind is subconscious mind. Which means unless you find a way by which you get at least two of the seven, three of the seven, four of the seven, and rarely are born souls where all the seven out of seven work in cogency with that one-eighth, which is the conscious mind. And when you get to experience such souls where eight out of eight is an absolute harmony, that is when for the first time you begin to experience what we assume to be embodied human form. Their mere wish becomes a command to the universe. If they wish, it will happen. If they nod, life will acknowledge. If somewhere if it has got an yes out of them, it's an yes from life. Because the entire resource within them, all the eight layers of them, is working in absolute harmony and the command of such a mind is only attained through deep meditation. It's only attained through deep silence. It's in transcending the mind 
and giving those mind those mindless moments the mind becomes powerful way to go before most of us would ever reach there so what do we do then till then how do i tap into the power of my subconscious mind is what i want to discuss before you sign off after the session the first and foremost of all a very simple correction that we have to bring in not only when we are there in dharampur a lot of us are extraordinary in the right environment but we need to become extraordinary in every environment not just when we are there in satsang it is so beautiful all you have to be told is 6:30 the morning session will start and between you and me we all know 6:30 is 6:30 you will come off now out there when we go into the world when an appointment is given for 6:30 it is around 6:30 from 6:30 you can start expecting <laughs> so it's all nice to always discuss the dharmas and the scriptures and the philosophies see end of the day you should know how to parent your adolescent children end of the day you have to know how to get your marriage right end of the day you should be able to empower the people you work with end of the day you have to develop your goodwill for you to succeed in what you have taken about there in life because except the few of them who have committed their life saying that except you i seek nothing else for most of us we also seek god we also seek the toys we also seek an international holiday we also 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 god you are also there huh in that list so that is an and 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 seeking so we have to get our day to day life right one of the fundamental challenges most of you who live your day to day life faces if i sit with each one of you for counseling i will hear some of these from many of you rajan i truly love my wife rajan but i don't know why she doesn't understand i just don't know how to make her trust i love her 130 in the night she wakes me up and asks me do you really love me and what do i explain to her even last year i gave a diamond ring for 50000 rupees rajan that when she took she simply takes and then four months later she asked me do you really love me how do i explain people come for counseling and they ask everybody listens to me why my own son does not listen to me in fact if i tell once in my organization it is done i take a lot of voluntary work in the ashram and a flip of my finger work gets done but my own son why does he not listen to me there are people who say rajan whatever i say my friends ask me really <laughs> rajan if it's not real why will i say why they keep asking really i find that so well he is able to motivate everybody so i feel i should also be able to motivate everybody so i call for an organization meeting and give them a motivational speech and i can see with the sarcasm with which they look at each other and they shrug their shoulders i know they are not believing what i'm saying why rajan why is that i am not able to trust anybody whatever they say somehow i feel 
It's not what they say. So much I have heard I need to trust, but I am not able to trust anybody. Why? Rajan, why is it so easy for me to admire everybody, but I am not able to admire myself? Why am I able to look up to everybody, but I am not able to look up to myself? And the list is endless. What's the point in going on defining the problem? Let's define the solution. And I'm sure so many of you sitting here feel, yeah, I can identify myself with that point in that list. And of course, those blessed few, you feel, what full biodata of mine he has given. <laughs> Every point applies to me. <clears throat> See, what happens is, when you tell your wife, as you're leaving, she says, my cousin from America has come. Can we go and see her this evening? You should see her. I'll come back by 7 o'clock. And today it so happened you could not come back by 7 o'clock. You genuinely got delayed. And when you get delayed, it's genuine. <laughs> so you could not make it. So you came only by 8 o'clock. And in fact, the usual drama that happens also did not happen today. She understood you got genuinely delayed. And you feel everything is okay. Everything is not okay, my dear. Somewhere in the layers of her subconscious mind, one thing has been registered. When my husband says 7 o'clock, it's not 7 o'clock. Day after tomorrow, can we go for that wedding? Definitely we will go. Be sure about it. And then you got to realize that you had to attend that Rotary meeting. Wives can wait, Rotary can't wait. So you went for the Rotary meeting, you explained to her. But of course the next day for the reception you went. No unto-do incident happened, the usual fight also did not happen. They say in a marriage industry average is two fights per week. <laughs> so it did not cross that industry average of two. And whenever people say that, Rajan, our marriage is not like that, we don't fight twice a week, I tell them, you're not communicating enough, talk a little more. <laughs> then you will live up to that average, speak a little more, you're watching too much TV. 